This is the BA Coach Podcast, episode number 33. Welcome to the BA Coach Podcast, online at thebacoach.com. Helping business analysts take their craft to the next level. It doesn't matter if you are a brand new BA or you've been practicing for many years. There is always something we can all do to take our BA skills and techniques up a notch. And now, here is your host, author, blogger, musician, and BA evangelist, Yaqub Muhammad, also known as Yamo. Hello there and welcome to the BA Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Yamo, aka at the BA Coach on Twitter. So we are back from our short spring break with a very special podcast. Before we get started, I wanted to make a quick announcement about the launch of the Ultimate Babok Kit, the first and only kit in the marketplace to have a study guide, e-mind maps, e-tables, Babok cartoons, and cat media, which contains the audio and video walkthroughs of the knowledge areas and tasks. And, uh, you know, since its launch in February, it has been doing quite well, and I'm completely humbled by the response from the community. So, thank you. And you, as our loyal podcast listener, will get a special surprise discount. So, head over to theultimatekit.com, that's theultimatekit.com, to learn more about the kit and use the coupon code podcast to get the special limited time discount. So back to the podcast today, which is our first panel discussion on mentoring. I'm super excited about this. Uh, it's with Doug and Terry, who've already been on the show before, and Pete and Kuram. These are the two pairs of mentors and mentees discussing everything you should and must know about mentoring. You know, things like the importance of mentoring from a mentor and mentee standpoint and the value of learning from someone's experiences. What triggered each of them, including the mentors, to approach a mentor? Would the mentee still go out and seek external mentors, you know, outside their organization? And why? What is the importance of this? And what are the must-ask questions to mentor as a mentee? And how to assess if your mentee is a good fit to be a BA, you know, as a mentor? And why you should push your mentees out of their comfort zone and how to do it? You know, Doug and Terry provide some pointers on that. And also the importance of making the right investment of time and money and, and much more. So without further ado, here is our first panel discussion on BA mentoring. Let's start with uh, Doug. Hello, my name is Doug Goldberg. I'm a uh, two-year mentor now. been mentoring for two years, and it's become a, a real passion for me in the business analyst field. And I uh, am glad to be participating in this discussion. Nice, welcome. And... We have your mentee as well on the show, Pete. Hello there, I'm Pete Cohen. I'm in, uh, based in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm a mentee of uh, about a year now. So yeah, I've uh, been very privileged to, uh, to have Doug as my mentor, and yeah, happy to be here to talk about the experience with you all. Excellent. 
And we have another pair of mentor, mentee. Uh, let's start with the mentor, Teresa. Hi, uh, my name is Teresa Bennett, and I have uh, about 20 years of experience in information technology as a business analyst and a software tester. And a, a couple of years ago, I decided that um, I wanted to do something a little different with my skill set, and I really enjoy um, the training and, and mentoring aspects, so I decided to uh, start coaching. Excellent. And we have your mentee as well, Karam. Hello, everyone. My name is Karam Iftikhar. I'm a uh, mentee, of course, of Teresa Bennett. Um, I'm a uh, business analyst. And for the last couple of months, I've been uh, mentored by uh, Teresa. So, ready to go. Excellent. So, uh, first of all, I want to welcome all all you guys to the show. It's truly exciting to to have you all on one call for this exciting panel discussion. Um, before we actually uh, dive into the questions, I just wanted to kind of set a context uh, to this uh, panel discussion. Doug, do you mind you know, taking a head start on this and and uh, giving us some insights on what is the importance of mentoring from a from a mentor standpoint and also from a general business analyst standpoint. Okay, uh, I might actually flip those and do the general part first. The The reason I think mentoring is important is because it provides an opportunity for the person being mentored to basically um, proactively learn from the mistakes. I think uh, that mentoring is important to the mentee because it provides that person the opportunity to learn uh, in a proactive sense uh, from the mistakes of the mentor as that person has become seasoned over time and uh, also allows the person to take those scenarios that the mentor is sharing and guiding the mentee with and to deliver that in a um, deliver themselves into a, a new realm of, of uh, expertise without having the growing pains and a lot of the consequences. It, it's not foolproof, mm. but it's, it's extremely beneficial. Uh, for the mentor, I, what I found, and the reason it's become a, a great passion of mine, is because I'm able to uh, give back to uh, the, the business analysis community. And I can only wish... Uh, that I knew that what a mentor was when I was coming up, which I did not. And uh, I realize now that um, having a few years under my belt provides me the, uh, the honor and the opportunity to be able to give something back to somebody who uh, isn't as, as experienced. And just in doing that and learning about these lessons, I myself went out and got a mentor because I realized... Um, what a great value it, it, it's been for me. And so now I get to enjoy both sides of it. Amazing. Awesome. So, uh, Terry, from your side, what do you see the importance of mentoring to be? You know, I think one of the most important things in mentoring uh, is helping the mentee develop a level of confidence around their skills. Um and, you know, an example of that is, yeah, I, uh, there's been many people that I've mentored in the past that they feel a lot of anxiety around 
um, the BA skill set because they feel like it's too technical or, you know, they've read books or uh, been online and have learned a lot about the formal, you know, system development life cycle and the processes that go along with it and some of the technical jargon that gets in there and um, they're, you know, they have a lot of fear around it, even though they're, that's their interest. They want to do that job and they want to do it well. They lack the confidence to do it. And uh, mentoring definitely um, can help develop that level of confidence while helping them develop the skills that they need. And um, for my side of things, you know, it was interesting what Doug just said about him getting a mentor because I've also done the same thing myself because mm. um, having, you know, doing it made me also see that, you know, um, that side of things and understanding that I too needed a mentor to help me mm. uh, continue to grow. And uh, I just think that it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, business analysis and software testing both. And I really, um, I really enjoy being able to pass those experiences that I've had along to other people. Absolutely. So uh, what I'm going to do is real quick, flip the mic and uh, ask the mentees about what was the importance in their view about being uh, mentored. So let's start with Pete. Okay, well, um, for me, I've been engaged in sort of fairly uh, formal learning around my business analysis work. So, you know, I'm doing a, a uni degree part-time, um, also attend a fair few industry events like IIBA and meetup.com events, and, and they're great to a point. Um, but for me, there was still a hole there around, um, you know, really engaging with someone at that, that next level where you can, like Doug said, learn from someone's experiences and, and also just um, workshop some of the, I guess, more less tangible or interpersonal side of the BA role that it's hard to do in, say, a, a university classroom environment and you just don't get that kind of uh, contact or don't have that kind of relationship with your, mm. your lecturers there. So for me, um, it really complements everything else I do to try and, and grow professionally. And um, I think, yeah, it really rounds me out as a, as a BA. Absolutely. So what, are you, what is your take on it, Kuram? You know, I hate to be going last because I think most of the <laughs> good information has already been shared, but I've always believed in, uh, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time was Wall Street, where Gordon Gecko would go on to say the most valuable commodity in the world is information and um, you know being able to mentor by um, uh, someone who has that information and they're able to convey that information for uh, to you mm -hmm. so you could possibly you know ju just like it, it was said before you can you can learn from their mistakes and you can avoid the pitfalls that you may face and especially if you're if you are in a business analyst role and if you're new to it um you know the anxiety that possibly comes with like what teresa mentioned earlier um you know you can calm your nerves down and you can actually slow things down a little bit and uh, be able to approach um a, a new project or whatever else is thrown at you in in a more structured way so uh it, it's uh, it's crucial. It's important, and um, and I can see uh, you know the benefits of it. That's why I'm a mentee. <laughs> okay, absolutely, yeah. 
I know what you mean. So, um, from from what I've heard from all of you, we all have approached a mentor, right? Uh, whether you are a mentor or you're a mentee, at some point in our career, we approach a mentor if we want to like uh, take our craft to the next level or to get that essential guidance if we, when, whenever we need. So my question to all of you is, why did you approach a mentor? Like what was that uh, impetus? What was that uh, trigger that kind of set you off to go this route? Um, I think the the thing... That's actually a really new development for me, and um, a couple of things kind of contributed to that. Uh, one was that I decided about six months ago that within a 10-year period, I wanted to mentor full-time as a livelihood. And so one of the things that supported that decision was uh, making sure that I had the right skill set to deliver to uh, either a mentee or a group of mentees. In other words, I don't. I don't feel currently that I have everything it takes to um, to achieve that goal. I think there's some additional things that I need to do for myself in order to be a better mentor on the back end. So mm-hmm. I broke that down into some tangible objectives and decided that there were a couple of things that I needed to do to achieve it. One was um, find uh, employment that would give me additional skills so I could help additional types of uh, business analysts. And for for example, I currently am not an agile analyst except in basic form. Hmm. So I wouldn't feel right going and saying, let me coach you in agile skills. Okay. And that's that's something that's very common today. So I want to make sure that uh, when somebody asks for help and uh, some of the most common and needed things, that I can support that uh, for for either a current mentee or a future mentee. The other thing that um, that I needed, I felt I needed to do, to do was to fine tune and hone my leadership and coaching skills. Um, so far, I've had no complaints. But mm. at the same time, I want to take it to the next level. I want to make sure that um, my mentees are getting a high-value experience from what I'm able to bring to the table. And I think um, just like I, I counsel them is, you know, always push yourself to the next level. Don't be satisfied with average status quo. Um, see what you can do to uh, expand your capabilities I really felt that it was my job to live my own medicine and preaching, you know, for their benefit. Mm. So that those are the two things that really got me moving in the direction that um, I did. What about you, Terry? You know, for me, it was around. Um, it was really around running a business. So, I. I really enjoy the training. Um, you know, I love interacting with people. Um, you know, everybody so far has been, you know, very pleased with the results that they've gotten. But I felt that I um, was lacking in just those basics. You know, I, I can, I can do a business analyst job all day long, but it won- when it comes to, you know, the basic business things, you know, marketing, sales, um, 
you know, I don't know, taxes, everything, everything that you have to do to run a business, that was not, you know, something that I had done before. And I really uh, recognized the need for help in that. And I chose to go the route of a mentor rather than, um, you know, reading books and that sort of thing, because I, um, you know, probably for the same reason, a lot of my people come to me and that's because I wanted that one-on-one interaction and I wanted to be able to focus on the areas that, you know, I had specific concerns in. Sure. Now, um, I'm just going to ask Pete and Kuram, uh, why did you guys approach Doug and Terry, uh, respectively? So let's start with Pete. Okay, well, I guess um, just to quickly touch on what I was saying before in that um, I wasn't getting what I was hoping from, certainly from my job, like I was uh, not getting any real strong leadership or mentoring within my the organization I was working in. So then went and, you know, tried the uh, university education route and wasn't getting it there and actually... Um, started a course with Alex Papworth on mastering use cases, um, which is like offered online. And, and then it was immediately out of that experience that, that Alex introduced um, me to Doug and, and I took the opportunity there. So it was, um, it was that, that thing, again, of getting the, the formal learning but not getting any opportunity to really engage with someone and, and peel back the layers and, and have someone that I was really accountable at that next level, apart from just handing in assignments or um, participating in, in lessons, but, you know, to really someone to help guide my growth. So was it more like the, the thirst that you had and also sort of you needed a sounding board? Yeah, absolutely. And it just, yeah, I just wasn't going to um, wait around in my job for, you know, someone to miraculously um, come to the table and, and want to help with that stuff, I felt like it was up to me to go out and, and find the right person that was that was going to be able to help me. Hmm. So, Kuram, why did you uh, approach Terry? Sheer panic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that may be possibly, you know, a hyperbolic statement, but at the end of the day, you know, a mentor is a subject matter expert, right? So, uh, for me, um, I had done project management for a very long time and I wanted to transition out of that and go into a business analyst role mm. um, and specifically for a big organization which I ended up doing um, so you have uh, uh, you know you look for that guidance from anybody that you would know whether it's family members or information on online um, and and you know what it comes from possibly with you know, from the perspective of just those people, you know, and they may not be uh, the SMEs. And and for me, it was very important that I got the right information. And I'll tell you just a quick example of it that when and someone asked, you know, told me he wants to break into the IT industry, you know, you probably want to start out at the help desk position instead of, you know, what I'm doing today. Mm. And that will probably would have put me, uh, you know, really behind. Because based on what my skills, they probably didn't assess what my exi- uh, you know current state was and my mm. current skills, and be able to put me in a right position. And that's where Teresa came into the picture. And I, and I, you know, I was able to 
uh, find her. She did a good job marketing, uh, uh, <laughs> and and then I, I was at least able to find her and be able to. I'll, I'll um, let my coach know that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or else. I mean, she's in North Carolina, and I, I I'm in Michigan, so uh, you've got the distance. There's no way without you know uh, good marketing, you'd be able to find uh, somebody. So and, and you know, and I knew the value that you know she provided me with the right information, and and you know, take me through the process, which was actually, you know, appropriate to what I wanted to do. Mm. So, um, and that's one of the biggest reasons why I think it's very important that you also have the ability to identify the right mentor. Because having a mentor, just any mentor probably is not, you know, going to be it. You have to be able to uh, point out the right person who can really help you. Yeah, absolutely. So, to hey, Yamo, since this is a panel discussion, can I ask a question? Sure. Related to uh, what Karam was just saying, you you um, you mentioned that you know both you and Pete mentioned that you were actively seeking a mentor to help you with what you were doing, and a lot of organizations are beginning to or- organize uh, internal mentoring efforts. Um, so, do you think that? You would still, if your if your current company offered that, you would still reach outside, or do you think there's value in having an internal mentor? I, I was just trying to get into the yeah, head of I, the mentee. I would actually, stuff. I would, because you know, at, at the end of the day, it, you want to get the big picture, and and having someone like Teresa who's worked for multiple organizations. So um, to say, you know, you're going to have. Um, uh, let's say if you take a look at my uh, firm, you may provide mentorship from their perspective, not from, uh, you know, uh, as a big picture uh, where, you know, someone like Teresa who's got experience from diff- in many different industries. So I might be able to get different perspectives. So definitely you have to continue to seek out and and be able to find um, uh, the person who can actually help you from many different perspectives uh, mm. because they've uh, been able to be in different uh, positions. So, uh, you know, you could possibly get pig- pigeonholed if you... Uh, I'm not saying that information is not good. Of course, it is relevant because you work for that organization. But um, with the way uh, economy is, with the way job markets are, you, you know, it, it's not a... Um, given that you will be around within that organization maybe today you work for a service industry tomorrow you'll be working working for manufacturing so i think uh seeking out that mentor who's got that diverse background is uh, is essential yeah absolutely just to go back uh, to your answer kuram you said you transitioned from project management to uh business analysis so um, anybody who who would do that would just you know take up a position internally as a business analyst and you know uh, take it as it comes. So what was that trigger for you to actually go out and seek an external mentor? Like I'm asking the exact event that made you take that decision. It's to actually correctly identify your current skills. Because uh, anytime I say this all the time, fish is the last one to know of the water. <laughs> so uh, you've got somebody who can look at your skills and what you're doing currently and identify and say, um, 
you know, hey, this is going to be the right field for you. This is where the transition is going to be good. For me, it was twofold because I've always worked for a small business for most of my career. Mm. And I wanted to transition out to a big, bigger corporation. Uh, don't ask me why, but <laughs> this was something that I wanted to do. Mm. And uh, going from a firm of um, possibly 20 people to 3,000, 4,000, it's a big transition because you have to adjust. And that's where I... Uh, I wanted to seek help and um, and have somebody with that perspective who can really help me make that transition because it's just not all about the X's and O's in the in business analyst position. It's the other nuances, other um, skills that you may have to develop in order to be a successful business analyst. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I want to just add one thing there when Crom first. Uh, came to me, one of the specific things that he was looking for was help with how to simulate his project management experience to a BA role so that he could um, highlight in his resume more of the things that he had done that would be, um, you know, more related to a BA role than a PM role. And there were things when we went through conversations and talked through things that he'd been doing, mm. I was able to point out to him areas where, you know, hey, you are actually doing a BA task when you do this when he didn't realize it. And that's that whole, like he said, the fish in the water thing, right? Like he, he, some of the things he was already doing and he didn't realize he was doing it. So it's about giving perspective. Exactly. Okay. All right, so uh, I want to actually get into the meat now, guys. Uh, talk about the actual mentoring act, right? So uh, my first question on, on that is really uh, defining or, you know, just kind of estimating what is the ideal duration for which one needs to be mentored, like in terms of weeks or months or until you see certain results? Or what is it? What is the milestone, if you will? Let's start with the mentors and... Uh, Doug? I don't think there's a correct answer to that question. Um, I always leave that up to my mentees uh, because their their needs uh, vary based on what they're experiencing. For instance, you might start with a mentee who's currently working mm. um, and is in a, you know, a general holding pattern where th the status quo is pretty much the same from week to week. Um, but that person might transfer into a more high-pressure role, or that person might get laid off. Mm. So the needs change based on what they're experiencing on the um, on the outside. And I think Pete can probably attest to that. When we first started, we were doing uh, either every every other week and sometimes once a week based on his needs at the time. And as as he has grown and as his um, situation has changed at work where he's become more knowledgeable and handling the things that we used to talk about then the need is less in crisis mode and more in maintenance and education mode hmm. so uh like even if you assume that the situation is going to be uh, fairly stable is there like a duration that you would prescribe for you know for for a good mentoring phase to complete um, the answer to that is no. I, the way I, I explain things to my mentees is 
when they stop getting value from what I'm able to bring to the table, then it's time to stop. So it's all value-based uh, propositions. Hmm. Uh, I can, you know, I can meet with with anybody week to week to week, and and that's certainly possible. But there's there's two things that happen there. One is um, there comes a point where a regular meeting with somebody where there's no value being obtained by that person hmm. becomes detrimental that, to that person because then they become locked into this comfort zone and yep. they're afraid to step out on their own without your help. Hmm. And the other thing is, is I get a heavy guilt complex because, um, you know, I, I do a pay for service mentoring. And since it's all about value, I don't want to be taking people's hard earned money when I'm not able to give them something in return. Yep, absolutely makes perfect sense. So, Pete, when did you think that it was time to stop or, you know, the moment uh, when you felt that you've arrived? Well, I guess I haven't, I haven't arrived there yet in that um, <laughs> still, still hasn't paid me a visit. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't really think of it in that way. I think, you know, I get so much value out of the, the mentoring process. At this stage, I feel like I'll always have a mentor and, um, you know, so far, Doug provides tremendous value to me, and um, I've just learned, you know, that he's about to start in a um, in a new role. So that's going to have a um, influence on our relationship, and I think he's going to be able to probably teach me new things now as as he evolves as a, as a person and a professional. So, hmm. um, and another aspect to it, like uh, no, I'm emphasising for me, it's uh, a lot of the interpersonal side of of my professional role that I get value out of ex, uh, exploring with with uh, my mentor mm. that um, to try and make that, that ground up again with someone new would be a big overhead I mean Doug have Doug and I have a, uh, a big understanding now amongst us and um, able to get deep into the issues quite quickly and there's that trust there so um, I consider that an investment that um, that I'll that I hope to get return on for quite a while to come. Great. And uh, can I ask a follow-up question to that? Go ahead. Sure. If you don't mind. Sure. Pete, do you ever do you ever find yourself at the point, and Karam, you can answer this too, where you're intentionally delaying a mentoring point or appointment so that you can either implement or practice a, a previous lesson that you learned from a, a prior session? <coughs> Um, I don't know if I've thought about it in those terms. I, I, I couldn't say that, that uh, you know, usually for me it's just sort of scrambling to keep up and, and sometimes having to delay things for more uh, reasons of being overloaded, to be honest. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Karam? You know, for me, uh, I have been, um, obviously you have uh, your responsibilities at home and of course at work so any time in between i can find i've sought uh teresa to be able to um enhance my skills so nice. I, I you know it's it's a continuous improvement process right it's just not 
um, only limited to what we work on, but it's also uh, it's uh, it's something that you implement on yourself. So um, I I see myself uh, continuing um, and hopefully uh, you know. One day I may become a, a subject matter expert. You, you notice that I'm dropping these terms, right? <laughs> so, uh, but at the end of the day, I think you you're going to have to continuously improve, and you're going to have to seek that information. And and uh, and you know what? As a mentor, uh, uh, Teresa or uh, Doug, they're going to have to continuously go out there, seek new information, because your technology is changing, business environments are changing. And uh, corporations are not necessarily um, implementing those changes immediately. So if you have that leg up when um, a new concept or methodology is introduced to your firm and you've already been trained on or have information on, I think you'll have that advantage of easing into that particular transition that's being taken place. So Yeah, absolutely. So... Um Teresa, what are your closing comments on on ideal duration for mentoring? You know, I'm going to have to go with Doug and say it definitely varies uh, with each person because it really has so much to do with where they are currently, um, not just in their skill set, but in their mindset as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I've I've worked with uh, people that, you know, I've had... A couple of sessions a week and after a couple of months we're done because they've been doing the job for a while but there's just a certain skill that they needed help with that they felt like they were lacking in right so mm -hmm. everything everything else they felt like they were good at but there was this one thing that they really needed to nail down uh, and then there's other people that are in a different place that are either new to the um, you know the BA job or are you know in a junior level position and are wanting to move up and they need more more help with the you know the overall skill set so it really just depends on um on where they're at sure i think that's a very diplomatic answer <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh i'm gonna turn the table over to mentees now and uh uh want to know from your experience uh I guess more so the most recent experience of being mentored. What are some of the questions that you think in your mind every mentee must ask their mentors? Let's start with Kuram. I'll tell you the biggest question that, uh, and I have to give credit uh, credit where credit is due for ter uh, to Teresa here. Mm. You know, the first qualification or qualifying question that, you know, she asks, or, you know, we should also ask, are, are we really... F fit to be business analysts. So, and that's part of the vetting process that she even goes through. And, and, and she'll tell you, you know, where, um, you know, if she'll, you know, if you're not fit for that job, you shouldn't be a business analyst. If you don't have the skills or if you don't have the desire. So somebody like me who comes in and uh, who has the passion for it and, uh, and ask that question so it should be able to right fit me into the actual position so whatever i invest from here on out uh it's not gone it's not going to go to waste so uh for me most important question was 
can I be a business analyst? And and based on my skills and based on what I would be doing eventually, um, I had to make that determination. It was a it was a very important question for me because mm. um, I did not want to go out there and make the the investment, whether it's financial or with your time, um, and and make a mistake and eventually find out that you know this is not something I want to do. Mm. So um, so your mentor has to be able to answer uh, honestly that uh, that you know whether or not it's something that uh, you should be able to do because they have the most knowledge right mm. um, and it'd be able to assess that um, from the beginning and and then take you from there yeah you know that's a very interesting question you brought up so I'm just gonna stick to that one and and get some thoughts from Doug and Terry to get some ideas on how they would answer that you know i i had an experience where i i did tell somebody that i didn't think that um a ba position was a good fit for them and the uh, specific reason around that had to do with um you know just some of my assessment questions that um i ask when i'm um you know initially having a conversation with a potential client mm. um it came to light during that conversation that that person was not in any way, shape, or form a people person. <laughs> they did not, um, they didn't like, um, you know, the conversations, the personal interaction, those types of things. And I, I, you know, he didn't, of course, have to take my suggestion, but I suggest, I did suggest that I didn't think a BA role would be right for him because there is so much interaction with people, um, you know, when you're doing the requirements gathering and having all of those types of conversations and it requires a lot of really excellent communication skills. And if you're not somebody that likes to communicate, you're going to be miserable in that job. Absolutely. So what what are your thoughts, Doug? I think that's a very important question. And I like the fact that uh, Teresa does an assessment regarding uh, questions to ask the mentee when they first start. And I do that too. So it's nice to see that we're working the same way. But I typically don't um, ask those types of questions uh, regarding whether they're suitable or not right at the beginning because I don't want to squash any dreams that I might not have been picking up on regarding my mentee about how they want to be a super BA or something like that. Mm. Uh, what I do though is pick up on uh, nuances during conversation where they might not be processing or articulating information or uh, I might not be perceiving that they're able to hear versus listen mm. to what I'm trying to teach them. And that may prompt some additional conversations as to their suitability for this particular role. And I will focus on, you know, the, the core soft skills that they must be able to administer and utilize in the course of their role hmm. to make sure that they're capable of doing so. And I, I, too, have had a conversation where a particular mentee didn't seem like a good fit for for a BA role. and. The one thing I would add to, to what Teresa and, and you are, are getting at is that it's it's very difficult sometimes to be a mentor and to have to tell the truth. Hmm. But you're doing a disservice if you're not to your mentee. Um, Absolutely. Either, yeah. And, and, and it's either to that individual or to that individual's employer or to both. It, just think of the amount of time 
that you can save that person and the amount of anguish if you're honest with them up front about an issue that you're seeing versus taking the the easy way out and skirting it mm-hmm. uh, you can you can help them avoid the issue or you could help them avoid a potentially poor career choice like like Teresa was getting at yeah so i I, th- I think that it's it's really really important that mentors are capable to do their part in the relationship just like the mentee is supposed to be able to do and be brutally honest when the situation demands absolutely all right so let's close this question with your thoughts Pete on uh, on the questions that you uh, would ask a mentor I mean like you say once that initial um, sort of matching period is over once you've established that that uh, that you're a good good uh, pair to, to go forward. I found it important to come come to every session with some goals and, and some questions. Like it's it's very much on the, the mentee to to guide the conversation and, and our one usually, uh, each one of our sessions usually starts with, with Doug asking, so, you know, what, what's been happening? And then it's really up to me to... Um, to guide each, each session in, in the direction that, that I want to, to get the most value out of it. So, um, you know, and that requires some reflection beforehand on, on what's been happening and, and, and what areas I need to work on. Um, and to be honest, often for me it's been, uh, although I've emphasised the interpersonal side of, of the role, it's also been some more uh, sort of tangible or technical sides of being a BA, like, for example, we did a lot of work together on, on use cases and um, talked about different sort of uh, software options for requirements management and things like that. So mm. um, I think just the, my main message is to be prepared with questions, whatever they are. Um, Doug's always been really open to discuss whatever has been appropriate to me at the time, but it, it has been important to be uh, prepared. So be prepared with uh, questions for each session when possible. Yeah, yeah, and and also like I, I think uh, thinking uh, bro- more broadly than each session as well in terms of general areas that want to want to grow in and and have a bit of a personal plan for that, mm. um, and then of course you know within each session uh, you know bringing some things to the table. Sure. So uh, real quick, I'm just going to revisit this question. I think this is an important uh, uh, part of the discussion. Uh, Doug and Terry, what do you think in your mind are some of the questions that, that mentee should should come up with, which will kind of indicate that, you know, you guys are on the right path and, and, and the mentee really has the right bent, if you will, to take on the mentoring session? Doug? Mm, I don't think there is a right question. I think it's dependent on the situation and the content that they're learning about. I'm more likely to look for a pattern of behavior, the fact that they're asking follow-up questions, that they're asking why, that Mm -hmm. they're um, asking questions that are are typically considered the stupid questions. Those are the ones I don't want them to ask. Those are the ones that I encourage them to ask because... The mentoring relationship is supposed to be a trust relationship, and they need to be able to ask the things that they don't feel comfortable asking at work, 
um, in an environment that's safe and without consequence so we can hash through things. So if I get the feeling that they're holding back, then I'll start asking them the questions or telling them, here's what I feel uh, we're missing in the conversation or that, you know, I feel that you probably should be asking about so they understand where, where I'm coming from. Can you give an example of uh, a stupid question, if you will? You just said stupid question or something that... Um, yeah, I had uh, I had a mentee ask me what a JAD session was. You, you can't ask that at work hmm. without looking like a fool. Hmm. But in, in the environment, the, the one-on-one interaction, that's a perfectly reasonable question question for somebody who's trying to learn so it's really important to have that uh, uh, no barrier sort of thing between a mentor and mentee so that they can ask any questions potentially yeah and I you know I think we haven't really covered that tonight but I've talked to you about relationship building before and this is this is the pure form of relationship building I think in in uh, analysts world where they're interacting with a mentor who's supposed to guide them and um, they have that relationship where it's no holds barred. Everything's out on the table. Behavior's out on the table. Knowledge is out on the table. Stupidity's out on the table. Mm. And they, you know, there's, there's nothing that stands in the way of the learning process. Absolutely. What are your thoughts, Terry, on, on the questions? I, uh, you know, completely agree with Doug on that because um, your mentee has to has to have that trust with you and know that they can ask those so-called stupid questions. Mm. And um, that also brings up the point that, you know, one of the things that I do in my mentoring is helping uh, mentees to understand that really there are no stupid questions, right? Exactly. And, um mm. Uh, you know, uh, getting them comfortable with not just asking me questions, but, uh, you know, a big part of your analysis work that you're doing is about asking questions. And you've got to get to the point where um, you're not uncomfortable doing that. And that's a lot a lot of what uh, what goes on in the mentoring. Absolutely. So if you had two minutes, uh, Doug and Terry, to give your message to the world to all the mentors of the world how on how to mentor a BA what would uh, you give out and this is your chance and opportunity let's start with Terry this time I would say um, obviously building that trust factor that we just talked about is one of the key things another is accountability and that is um, you know, your mentee has to take some accountability for the sessions and you as the mentor do as well. So um, I think as the mentor, it's your job to um, lead that accountability and make sure that your mentees are are kind of stepping into that, if you will, and uh, recognizing their accountability in the sessions and what they need to do outside of the sessions to make them productive. You can talk to me all day long, but if you don't leave that session and implement anything that we've talked about, that that all-day conversation was for nothing. So uh, that's my job as the mentor is to... Um, get the mentee to see the value of taking the information that I'm giving them and actually doing something with it, taking action and implementing the things that I'm telling them. Hmm. What about you, Doug? 
I was going to have this nice, short, and succinct answer about how they should listen to your podcast with me, but I really do have more to add. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that um, I would agree with everything Terry just said and just simply tack on one more piece, and that is that uh, part of my job as a mentor is, and I I would say for any mentor, is to actively push their mentee out of the comfort zone that they reside in because that's typically what's holding them back a lot of times and it's caused by different things like fear and anxiety and stuff like that so it is it's really important for me to actively push them and to give them assignments uh, for the workplace or if they're not working for the for the home place to uh, do things that they wouldn't normally do so they like terry said a few minutes ago uh, so they get used to having to do it in a controlled environment um, through this through the sessions, and then they can apply it in a less controlled environment. But they've got the backing of the mentor kind of in the back of their head. Hmm. Um, and there have been a couple of sessions that I've had with mentees who have uh, not come prepared and not followed through on assignments that I've given them. Hmm. And that's when I say, okay, you're not getting value if you're not doing the work i think we should cancel today's session and that that goes back to the accountability uh, factor that terry mentioned it's really important that they know that you're looking for them to do their part and that you will hold them accountable um and it seems kind of childish you know parent-child relationship but Mm. it is really important that um they know at the end of the day that they're getting what they need from you and that sometimes takes different forms sure and um, just want to turn the table over to the mentees and uh, get their experience and how things changed after mentoring from your respective mentors pete maybe if you can also kind of give a few examples on how doug uh, made you you know push your limits and you know just just go out of your comfort zones as i mentioned before we'd often sort of discuss what's What's going on in my 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 professional role at any given time, and areas that I might be struggling with or think could be could be better, and come up with some um, pretty tangible actions of, of what we can do uh, or what I can do out of that. Like, and, and part of it for me um, has been recently having to take on a bit more sort of project uh, management uh, responsibility in addition to my uh, BA work. So you know they everything that goes along with that and um, that's just one example I can think of recently where we worked out some things I could do both to manage up and down in, in my organisation to to um, get the most from my team and, and my colleagues um, to get project success. So uh, that's how, you know, something's changed and, and, an, and an area that we've worked on where we've, we've uh, found some specific actions I can do to, to get what I was wanting for my role. Cool. What about you, Kura? For me, uh, it was uh, right off the bat, I was not coming from uh, the IT uh, industry. So uh, to be able to make that transition, I definitely needed help And uh, uh, in spite of my project management background. But when you're coming into information technology, it's going to be a different world. And uh, being able to... Um, 
first and foremost, my my first uh, uh, quest was to land a job in that particular industry, and I was able to do that uh, through uh, 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 the, the programs that Teresa has had to offer, and and her uh, ability to guide me through, in fact, uh, the interview process and being able to ultimately land a job. So it was very important, and and to continuously be able to support uh, with different tasks that may come up because uh, at times uh, you could get the right information, but you possibly could get pigeonholed at your job because that's not how your company operates. So, uh, you know, how to cope with those situations and... uh, and being able to pr- be productive because it's it's a, it's a very hectic job to be a business analyst. You know, it's not something that you just go in and you just do one thing and then be able to perform. Mm. Um, but instead, you are uh, you know thrown into many different uh, projects and many different uh, tasks and uh, subtasks. So mm. uh, you may get pulled into many different directions. So that's where. I think the uh, you know mentors come in and they can possibly s- slow things down for you and and based on um, and you have to be open with that particular relationship because you have to be able to describe the situation that you may be facing at work um, so they could actually be able to give you the right advice so um, you know it just it's just one of those things that as you go along as you get more information from the type of work or job you're performing and and you're able to explain that and you'll be able to ask the right questions and hopefully take those recommendations and uh, implement them hmm. absolutely so uh, I think uh, those were the questions that I pretty much had so what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna leave the floor open uh, for any questions thoughts or comments or any questions that you may want to add and kind of discuss. So, um, Doug, do you have anything? I would like to hear what uh, Teresa's perspective is on the uh, mentoring-mentee relationship and how that gets crafted and, and built over time in in her mentoring world. So far for me, every time I have not known the person, um, I have uh, come across some coaches that have mentored uh, friends and colleagues, and I personally have not been in that position and actually prefer it that way. You start out, of course, with the, it's it's kind of like dating, right? You're doing the get to know you thing. And um, it, there's a little bit of uh, time there where you have to be able to learn each other's personalities and, you know, those types of things. But uh, right from the beginning, you've got to, uh, I guess, take ownership of the fact that you are the mentor and they are the mentee, right? And the reason they're coming to you is because there's information that they need that they don't have and you do have it. So, um, it just continuously um, keeping that in the forefront of my mind and, and remembering that I'm not friends with this person. And they don't necessarily even have to like me, but they have to value the information that I have and that I can share with them and what I can help them achieve through the experiences and knowledge that I have. And, you know, it's really just about always making sure that you keep that, that mentor and mentee relationship intact when it's easy to cross over that line and move into that friend's territory. Not to say that you shouldn't be friendly 
because you absolutely should. <laughs> but you know, I, I do I do work to make sure that I I I keep that line there so that you know it doesn't get blurred and we and we know that you know when we're having a session, you're getting the as the mentee, you're getting the value that you need out of it. And I you know I do like you said, Doug. Um, you know I always allow the person to bring. Um, their questions to the table and that's what I want them to do especially in a situation where they're in a job and they're looking for um, mentoring and coaching related to you know the tasks that they're working on at that time it's a little different sometimes if you're working with somebody that may be out of a job and and you're kind of walking them through a a, um, you know a coaching program that's you know going to get them back into the workforce then you may have a more structured kind of um, coaching and training that you're doing, but um, I think it's very important to allow for the mentee to first come to the table with whatever questions they have, and then also have specific materials that you've come up with based on your previous sessions with them and where you recognize they need help, because sometimes you recognize places they need help in that they don't actually recognize that. Right. Mm-hmm. Excellent points. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, any closing uh, questions, comments, thoughts? No, it's been great to he- to hear everyone's um, different perspectives on on the experience and, and process of, of mentoring. I've, I think I've learned it's uh, a lot today about um, you know how we can get more from it. And I just wanted to mention uh, a book that I recently came across. It's called uh, The Mentee's Guide. Making Mentoring Work for You, and it's by uh, Zachary and Fischler. I've got it on uh, my Safari Books Online subscription, but um, that's got some useful things about like how to do a, what they call a, a personal reflection exercise where you can sort of work out some of your goals and just spells out some things um, from the mentee's perspective that you can do to facilitate the process. So I thought I might share that in case it's useful for anyone listening. Sure, I can link. I can link it up in the show notes. Cool. Terry? Uh, you know, actually, I did have a, a question for Doug. I don't, I don't know if we touched on this earlier. I mean, we've talked a little bit about it, but do you ever get into with your mentees um, more along the lines of career coaching, not necessarily you know, BA coaching specific to BA skills, but just, you know, where, do you, where are you now and where do you want to be you know, a year from now, three years from now, and how to help that person get there. Do you ever get into those types of things in your coaching? Sure. I get into those uh, quite frequently, actually, and it, it goes just like you just said. And while the focus is on the, the analyst work, you don't want to allow them, I think, in my opinion, you don't want to allow them to lose focus on the longer-term aspects because some people... Um, will naturally migrate out of analysis and they have to understand where some natural paths for migration are such as you know CIO or CEO or operations lead or something like that or on the on the business side as well um, it's really important that they can see the bigger picture in addition to the one they're working on every day I also uh, to that point I also run into another aspect that I never expected as a mentor, and that is dealing very closely with psychology of people, which is part of the relationship exercise, I think. There are things that I've, I've run into, uh, such as fears 
and anxieties that the mentee has had that actually stand in the way of both the short-term success of the current situation and the long-term career goals that the person might have. So that comes up uh, all the time as well. Yeah, that's a great point. I've seen that too. So excellent point. Yeah, excellent points, Doug. Any other questions, comments, thoughts, Terry? No, I think that's that's it. Well, I'll add something. Yeah, yeah and last but never the least, Karam. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's got to be, because I'll tell you one thing. I, I was able to, as I was seeking information before I came across uh, uh, Terry, and I uh, Believe it or not, I stumbled upon your podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm sure there, there are people out there looking for that information and listening to probably, probably this podcast and you know the infamous uh, uh, quote from uh, Steve Jobs that you can only connect the dots looking back, not looking forward. Hmm. And when I look back at my transition, um, you have to make be able to make that investment. It was the best investment that I ever made. Um, Financially, obviously, with my time to be able to learn uh, a new skill, um, and even though I'm going to school uh, for my master's in uh, information technology and and you know learning different aspects of uh, IT, uh, but at the end of the day, you have to make that investment. It comes down on you. Uh, you know, a mentor is as good as its mentee. So if you can go out there and make that investment and if you are sure that you want to make that transition and be able to acquire the uh, or retain um, a mentor that who can possibly guide you through this career process and and be able to help you and you know it, it's an invaluable uh, investment because long term um, we understand how we within the United States, we're transitioning from uh, being a, uh, uh, you know, manufacturing environment to, you know, today we manufacture technology. We don't manufacture products anymore. So yeah. IT has a big role in that. And uh, and you have a lot of business people who could possibly transition into IT based on their skills. It's just that they do need to make the right investment. If they do, and if this is something they're seeking Ultimately, you know, it could be very beneficial. All right. Excellent points there. I just want to add to uh, what he just said with the, uh, I like the point that you made about not just the investment of money, but the investment of time, right? Because if somebody purchases a program or purchases coaching and they either, you know, don't finish the program or they don't show up for the coaching sessions, then, um, you know, that. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you spent if you're not willing to invest the time in it as well. So uh, yeah. both of those are equally important. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I, I have seen and I know a few people who are looking to become business analysts and, and, and we have physicians available um, within my firm. Um, however, they're not really, you know, it's just the idea of becoming one. Um, but yet there's no desire to go out there and invest and actually be one. And there's a big difference, you know, wanting it and becoming it. So, um, it just, it's, it's out there and, and it, it, you know, you have to go out there, seek that information and make that commitment with your time, money, and eventually, uh, you know, you can have what you want to have, but, um, but it, there's a starting point 
for that and you have to pay your dues and you have to make that investment in learning uh, to be a BA or whatever else you want to get into eventually. Absolutely. I think uh, great closing thoughts there, Kuram. Uh, we almost at the end of our panel discussion, folks, and uh, it was an amazing, insightful, informative uh, discussion, I must say. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being part of this. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this panel discussion and were able to discern the true value of mentoring. So as a takeaway, if you're not a mentor, consider becoming one. You know, it's one wonderful way to give back to the BA community. Or if you've been thinking of getting a mentor, start seeking one soon. It's really that difference between, you know, wanting one and becoming one like Kuram pointed out in the closing comments. And as a reminder, please don't forget to get your special surprise discount for the Ultimate Babok Kit using the coupon code PODCAST on theultimatekit.com. That's it from me for this episode, folks. I will see you on thebacoach.com. Bye for now.